our first team member in the hot seat over there today, Charlie Atheist. Chuck, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Boots and Backstraps, Dustin Stambridge. <laughs> You're not back there to push the button. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Studio manager, Jill. Joe, how are you? Jill the I'm stripper. Good. I'm good. Noah. Noah. <laughs> Get off. Our next guest is someone that's probably gotten the least amount of recognition but deserves as much as anyone. I agree. Not only for this show but for tolerating you. Absolutely. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, our location manager, Tom's wife, one of our favorite people on the planet, Miss Lynn Kitty. Yay. Uh, Lynn, you're going to probably have to just drink right out of the bottle. <laughs> Make sure to like and subscribe and... Please hit the bell icon. Stay tuned for more. Boots and Backstraps, brought to you by Homes by Shane and produced by Danny Geo Productions. Boots and Backstraps is proudly brought to you by Homes by Shane. Making your move with the Homes by Shane team means an unparalleled customer service experience. That level of service is the foundation of this referral-based business. Our driven team of experts communicate with their clients every step of the way ensuring a memorable experience from the first conversation through your closing day. Go to homesbyshane.com for more information. Let's get you home. Ladies and gentlemen, hunters and huntresses, this is the Boots and Backstraps podcast. Come on now. Honey's on, looking for backstraps, way deep in the woods. Tracking in a swamp to a hayfield under the harvest moon. When the tags are filled, it's time to switch up our boots. Head down to the honky tonk, get us a swing dance or two. We're talking about boots and backstraps. This is the show where we talk all things hunting and country music. From the classics through today, from big bucks to bull elk, we've got it all. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Boots and Backstraps for another episode. I'm your host, Shane Michael, and I'm joined in studio by my two very talented and uh, already dipping into the bourbon co-hosts, Tom Cat. How are you, sir? Come on now. And Kid George, how are you, brother? Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Here we go. You're infecting people. Yeah. So wow. TK, when we when we last left our story, we were at uh, the Deer and Turkey Classic. Yeah. And you were running around in, like in construction gear. Well, <laughs> oh, I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off. But that was such a great show. You know, we'd been trying to do the deer and turkey classic now for three years at Canterbury. For those of you who are familiar with the deer and turkey classic, you know, for many, many years it was at the uh, State Fair at the Coliseum. And three, three seasons ago we tried, star we started it at the Canterbury, Canterbury Park. I 
sometimes screw up and say Canterbury Downs, but it's Canterbury Park. And uh, the first year we tried it, we got a half of Friday in and the health department came in and shut it down because of COVID. And then last year we uh, tried it again and we got the, if you remember, we got those monster blizzards yeah. and that totally shut everything down. And then this year we had pretty decent weather, a little cold and windy, but Friday was great. Saturday was huge, just hundreds and hundreds of people. It was a zoo. And Sunday was uh, pretty good too. So I'm sure Eric, who we had on one of our last podcasts, uh, is pleased. Eric's the guy that puts on the uh, Deer and Turkey Classic. Uh, his father used to own Outdoor News. They sold Outdoor News to Rob Dressling, who was the editor. And it used to be the Outdoor News Deer and Turkey Classic, but now uh, Eric Myers owns it by himself, and so it's the Minnesota Deer and Turkey Classic, and it was great. We had Lee and Tiffany there, who will be featured on one of our upcoming episodes, and we had Pat Nicole, who you and uh, Kid over here interviewed, yep. and uh, you both interviewed... Um, Michelle Bachman. We did. She's such a sweetheart. Melissa Bachman. What did I say? Michelle. Michelle. Melissa. So can I tell you really quick that I did that exact same thing? <laughs> like I had a brain fart when she was sitting down. Obviously. To her face. It was awesome. I was introducing her to Danny, and I introduced her as Michelle, and she, like, politely, but she corrected me. She was like, um, Melissa. And I was like, oh. Like I'm such an asshole. <laughs> like I know her name is Melissa. Obviously, I've no, I know who she is. Yeah, and we've Big all watched her shows and right. Yeah, met her a couple times before that at at uh, archery Bullfest. stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, she's I can't a, believe just, I just a said sweet that. lady, and uh, uh, you know, not on camera. I've had personal conversations with her, and she just gives it her. She gives it a thousand percent, and uh, she's kind of like I, I compared her, and I told her this. I compared her to Vince Gill. Vince Gill, through history, was a guy that never said no when he someone needed his help, yeah. whether it be his guitar playing or singing on an album. He always said yes, and he sometimes I think he did it just voluntarily and didn't get paid. And she's like that. She says, if somebody needs me or wants me, I'm there. So and I was when she was talking with KG and I, I was complimenting her on her physical conditioning because she's, I mean, you couldn't tell with what she was wearing at the show Saturday, but we've seen her when she's out at these archery festivals right. and she's wearing stuff that's a little more form-fitting, and she's ripped. Like, she's clearly very in shape. She's spending a lot oh, yeah. of time in the field. And so I was going to ask her about her exercise regimen, and she didn't even hesitate. She looks at KG and I, and she's like, I don't work out at all. I was like, really? She's like, Diet Mountain Dew and Skittles. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was per I was present when somebody asked her, uh, in one of her shows, she shot a moose, big moose, Yukon moose, and she strapped the antlers to her shoulder, and everyone that saw that on television figured she only watched, a f walked a few steps for the camera, right? She says, no, I walked that. It wasn't that far, but we had the boat on shore 100 yards away. I walked them antlers all the way to the boat, and I walked all of the meat to the boat as well. So she didn't have anyone else do it for her. And I was like, well, I was on that kind of same page where I thought, well, she just did that for the camera. But she said, nope, I walked them all the way over there. Good for her. She, you know, I'm so impressed with her. She's such a sweet young lady. And if you ever watch her shows, man, she's killing some major league animals, some record book stuff. And I couldn't be happier for her. She, she, had a, she had a very uh, awesome conversation about how she met her husband. Yes. So like that, that was a, that was a fun 
a fun story to listen to. Like it, it wasn't it wasn't played out at all like we thought it would. Uh, she's married to a game warden. Yep. And like, you're like, uh, so did you meet <laughs> him? Or, yeah, it was. Did you meet him when you were in trouble? She's <laughs> either a ring or the handcuffs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was, a, it was a very good story. So yeah, I can't it, wait to hear that because yeah. uh, whether you know or not, I was working at the Deer Classic and have been for many many years, and I was very very busy. So. These guys took over the show, and Danny and the whole crew came out, and uh, they not only got interviews with all the principals, uh, Jeff, the turkey caller, who Jeff just Frederick, blew yeah. my mind. He can put a diaphragm in his mouth and gobble, and you'd swear you're sitting next to a real gobbler gobbling. And then the bear, uh, the bear hunter, uh, yeah, Jesse, Jesse. Uh, you guys want to see a blooper reel from uh, Travis's reel. interviews? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Pretty great. Travis, just try not to, you know. Yeah. No, I just no color myself. comments. <laughs> Ready? <laughs> kind of. All right. Boots and Backstraps here live at the 2002 Deer and Turkey Classic. 2002? 2022. 2022? Yeah. 22. Wait, wait, wait. Not start over? <laughs> <laughs> just hold on. All right. I need a doctor. Okay, no, that's our number one score. I forgot his. That's Sean. Sean, yeah. Sorry, I'll leave that for the professionals. Maybe I should start that whole thing over because that wasn't even English. Lenny can do a gobble. All right, we'll just leave that up for the professionals. That was pretty awful. Land. <laughs> gobble. And if you have never been to this, mm, <laughs> I wanted to say festival. What am I trying to say, Danny? This is the very beginning. This was so awful for me. I'm like, I have no idea what to do. Eventually, I found where they keep the alcohol, and that helped a lot. <laughs> well, the other fact is you're, you're not a hunter, so this is all, everything is brand new to you. Can we get that shirt somewhere? I should ask him. That's fantastic. You guys can go right ahead. I'm just wandering around. Is this where he gets in the fist fight? <laughs> He hits that guy in the head with a bean bag instead of the deal. There's uh, Eric's Grand Slam. Grand Slam. The, the Gould? What would I rename that? Oh, that one's that's a chubby mama right there. Uh, yeah, chubby mama turkey. Uh, they can be found in uh, eastern uh, eastern United States. You know, I, I made I made this up. What if somebody actually goes and looks there? I'm looking for a chubby mama. <laughs> Yeah, I think it. I hopefully it got better from there because uh, I I was wondering. She's like, say this. I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Uh, <laughs> when we actually got to talk to people, it, it eventually got better because I would start off with, hey, guess what? Not a hunter, new guy on the team, so they're gonna send me out to interview people, and then from there, people were very open with, all right, here's what we do, blah blah blah. It was that part was nice. Well, you know, people might just tune into our show just to listen to uh, how many times you mess up during oh, the show. God, it was so bad in the <laughs> beginning. I'm like, and Danny's like, just go for it. I'm like, I am going for it. It's just not going well. All right, well, we got to move this thing along here, yeah. you knuckleheads. So we're gonna start by going into our whiskey of the week segment um, this Talking week. To you and you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking to you especially there, <laughs> Dad. Um, so this week I did bring Buffalo Trace, and uh, the reason there's a few reasons I brought this Buffalo Trace. This is not what you would consider to be a premium whiskey in, in that it's not a super expensive whiskey. When you can find it, it's usually in the 30 to $35 range. The problem is, is in Minnesota, it's considered allocated, and allocated meaning that 
Um, they get very little of it, and when they do get it, it sells very fast. A lot of liquor stores will actually, when they get the shipment, hold on to it for their VIP customers and then call those customers and say, hey, we've got Buffalo Trace in, so they can come and buy it. Is that the one you got in uh, Wisconsin? Wisconsin, yeah. So that, that's the, the funny part of this conversation is if you go across the border into Wisconsin, Tom and I stopped at three liquor stores coming back from our Wisconsin deer camp, and all three stores had it by the dozen. They had lots of bottles of it, so I ended up buying four bottles while we were out there because it's one of my favorite whiskeys and one of my favorite bourbons ever. So Buffalo Trace is the most popular um, bourbon distillery in the world. It's unbelievably popular. Anything that they make, basically, you can't keep on a shelf in Minnesota especially, but in most markets in the U.S., anything they make just flies off the shelf. When you say the most popular in the United States, you know, I think of uh, brands like Jack Daniels and well, Jim Beam's not really a bourbon. Yep. Or am I got? Do I have that backwards? No, they they they're both bourbons. Jack okay. Daniels is bourbon, and Jim Beam but is also bourbon. one of them is not made in uh, Tennessee. Jim Beam is made in Kentucky. Kentucky. Yep. And Jack Daniels is made in Tennessee. Right. Right. Anyway, um, so you say that because I think most people would hear that statement and they'd say most popular. Yeah, so. most popular by by sales. Okay. And recognition for their the variety in their brands. Okay. So Buffalo Trace makes things like on all the way on the top end of the spectrum, like George T. Stag, the Sazerac Rye, um, Eagle Rare is another one that's really popular. They have a dedicated line that's called the Buffalo Trace Antique Collection, or what hmm. bourbon drinkers call BTAC, B-A-T-B-T-A-C. Um, and that's like, they're called unicorn bottles because you can literally never find them. Um, and there are some places in town like, establishments that will have them and they're super expensive so like brick and bourbon will let you have a one ounce which is about what this is a one ounce of george t stag used to be two for forty dollars <laughs> forty dollars oh, wow. for an ounce now they also are now the proprietors of the pappy van winkle mm-hmm. whiskey line so that includes rip van winkle um old rip van winkle and the pappy van winkle bottle series and those are unbelievably expensive. So those, like, from what I understand, are the most expensive. So there are a couple that are a little more expensive than that. Really? A little bit more in the unicorn, but you'd have to be like a really deep, serious, even beyond me, bourbon aficionado to understand those. But it's so like to put put it in perspective, the Pappy Van Winkle 23-year-old bourbon bottle is like basically impossible to find. Forget it. Unless you've, unless you've got about three grand laying around to buy right. one. They're just that expensive. That's the one that I've heard was Pappy the, 23. the hardest to find. So if you go to Brick and Bourbon, they have the Pappy 10, the Pappy 15, well, the Pappy do. 17, the Pappy 23, the 20, the 23. And the 23 is $90 mm-hmm. for an ounce of it. Wow. You know, when I sit down and I'm just sitting back listening to what you're saying, um, it sounds 100% made up. Like you're just making up these names on the fly. <laughs> yep. I'll take you there. And, and what are we going to drink? Mm. The, old, the old Skippy? The old the pappy the rip or the pappy i have no idea what you're saying i think you just violated what are you talking about you've been drinking for 15 minutes yeah but we're on the air right now we've got the <laughs> clink and the yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway so yeah buffalo trace the the bottle that we have in here today any of our minnesota whiskey people are going to be jealous when they see this because they'll be like where did you find that and then of course they just told them you gotta go to wisconsin it has really good spice nice yeah, proud of you yeah, yeah yeah so this one to me <laughs> So uh, bourbon by its nature is always going to be really well known for caramel, vanilla, molasses, and then usually a light fruit or a dark fruit. Those are most common flavors. And this one is definitely heavy on that caramel, vanilla kind of thing. So that's, like what you would, that was, that's what you would taste if you didn't put your soda in it. 
I guess I'm the violator because I do have a splash of... Uh, my ice is melting, and I have a splash of diet soda in there. Oh, that's okay. No problem. That's where I live, mm. though. I live in the violator zone. But I don't drink anymore. No. Nope. It's nice. You know, this isn't like we're promoting drinking because this is such a neat deal. People that are like Shane, they just sip on it. They're kind of a bourbon aficionados and like a wine taste of people that are in the wines. And they can see like how much is in that glass. Right. It's not that much. It's and not you guys like have we're sitting around the table chugging booze. Right. We're not sitting up here doing shots. Like you have enough to enjoy it. What show is that on? What show is what? Where we get to sit around and take shots. <laughs> I know. Not, that not used to be the Rowdy Cowboy show, I think. Yeah. You would know <laughs> You would know a little something about that. Oh, my gosh. Didn't we sit around doing shots on that show? I, ate, I never had anything to drink on that show, but... Um, yeah, I should have. No, I, heard, I heard you guys had a good. <laughs> Sorry, I heard you guys had a good me. time. <laughs> well, let's get to our uh, let's get to our episode here, yeah. gentlemen. You're the quarterback. I am the quarterback. So if I'm we start this. drifting, you just reel us down. Everybody, yep. back to the huddle. <laughs> I thought you retired. Are I, you, you're back in now. I got to call the play. All right. All right. So today, go, boys, go Tom Brady. Yeah, <laughs> Tom Brady. <laughs> Uh, we are uh, today. We're doing a meet the team because we had a little bit of an adjustment in our team members in the podcast. We're super excited about the group that we've got working with us to move this thing forward into the future. Yeah. We've got a lot we of things. A great group. A lot of things we're expanding into. A lot of new avenues. We're going to be on uh, cable pretty quick here. We've got our, our stuff over to a local cable channel. They're going to be broadcasting us on the, that cable channel. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to other things that we're doing. So we thought it would be kind of fun to give all of our new team members an opportunity to sit. Let, and let the audience get to know these people that are players in the, the group. There's eight of us now. There is. Seven. Eight. 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 Yeah, there is eight. I'm like, wait a minute. No, there is eight because there's three in the control room. <laughs> All right. So our first – I know. You think I'm the one that's old. <laughs> I gave you the room to say something there. <laughs> Come on, Ever. It's supposed to be a family show, so the F-bombs aren't going to – Come on, Ever. <laughs> Come on, MF-er. <laughs> Our first team member in the hot seat over there today, Charlie Atheist. Chuck, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. It's not really an atheist. He's just Jewish. Yeah, nobody's <laughs> perfect. <laughs> uh, so I do have to say, you're looking quite dapper in your B&B Thank apparel. You. You. You know, I just got this. Uh, yeah. Found it on the side of the road, but it looks like you guys got a couple too. <laughs> yeah, we're all dressed in our brand new yeah. camo. Yeah. I haven't taken mine off. of Unreal. <laughs> My godson, Michael Jordan, and Unreal. I think we're all looking pretty dapper. Yeah, that was it. these things are uh, these are very good quality. I'm definitely gonna try and order another uh, another set for for my other business. Yeah, yeah. T George Interiors. Mm-hmm. Hashtag. Hashtag. Does that mean I get two then? That, yes, you can have oh, a one. Right. Of the, yes. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> yeah. So this guy. What do I imply? Oh, we're a throwback for you guys. <laughs> ah, yeah. I don't even have one of those. <laughs> it's a bowling jersey. Oh. <laughs> we sponsored the bowling team a couple years. Had some nice jerseys made. So anyway, so Chuck. Yes, sir. What do you do for boots and backstraps? Uh, kind of a little bit of everything. I do a lot of the camera work. I help Danny behind the scenes get everything set up. Um, just kind of learning as I go. And I'm kind of a sponge at this point. I think one of the most important jobs you have that you didn't mention is you are the guy that switches the cameras. I am that guy. So you guys can all blame me <laughs> when uh, there's a weird shot. Like when kids talking and they got a shot of shane and i yeah exactly uh, like why do we get a camera on tom's beanbag (laughs) (laughs) can they go that low so tom you may or may not know this but 
Charlie is like the best of all the different worlds. Not only is he a country music fan, he's yeah. a production assistant on the show. He's also an avid hunter and fisherman. I yep. am. Giddy up. We got it all going. Yes. What's your favorite hunting to do? Oh. That wasn't really good grammar, but. <laughs> My favorite hunting to do is, uh, I, I do like whitetail hunting. I've been turkey hunting, not a lot, um, but just sitting out in the woods and huh. letting the world move by, that's, that's the greatest thing. That's, you know? There's nothing like I it. I mean, I can't take a better nap than sitting <laughs> in a deer stand. <laughs> I always tell uh, my wife, I'm like, there are two places that I find God. One of them's in the mass and the other one's in the mountains. Yep. 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 So out in the fields, whether you're in the mountains or you're on a lake or mm-hmm. just in the woods or out on the prairies, antelope hunting uh, or bird hunting, it's just being outside. I, I feel so blessed that I'm not someone that grew up with a, what they used to call Game Boys or just any video and I'm out there and loving it. And uh, not, I'm I'm starting to not enjoy our long winters. Yeah, you know, yeah. being retired now and and like to be somewhere where it's a little bit warmer and so I can get out more. Yeah. So Charlie, when you're in the field, you're chasing whitetail. Yeah. When did you get into hunting? Like, how long have you been out there? Oh, probably 10, 15 years. But I didn't I didn't grow up hunting. My my dad didn't hunt. Um, we fished. We were definitely the fishing family. Uh, every Saturday was get up before the sun, sit in a boat with me, my dad, my grandpa, and you don't come in until either the stringer's full or you're out of food. I mean, right. that was that was every day. I was going to say, I don't think I know a family more than you guys. And we haven't talked about the fact that you two are related, but we are. I don't know a family I'm more sorry, than you Travis. guys <laughs> that knows Mille Lacs better than you. Oh, um, the, oh, there's plenty that know us better. Like, yeah. we, I, honestly, for how big Mille Lacs is and how long I've been there, I still know this much of it. Yeah, really? it's hard oh, to know yeah. that whole life. Well, you have a, I think you have a comfort zone. Like, you know, oh, that's very true. Like our, our bay and the surrounding areas. I mean, yeah, We're at the most southern point of Mille Lacs, yeah. and I've made it about literally halfway. Like in a boat, I've made it halfway. I've got, I've got to launch. usually because the boat breaks down and <laughs> I have to tell him. <laughs> they do have terrible luck. <laughs> that is uh, probably once a year, once a year. And you ever want to see an angry guy in a brand new boat? <laughs> it's hard to find an angry guy in a brand new boat, but I found it a couple times. Hey, man, can you relaunch your boat? I'm still stuck at the beach and I need to be dragged back. He goes, there's a storm coming. And yeah. like, yeah, that's the issue. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're sitting in the rain, and, and there's a video of it. Uh, I, I, it's, I, it's on Facebook. <laughs> it comes up every year, and he texts me. He's like, did you see Facebook? I'm like, the, yes. The memory thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, so I'm like, I'm like, so all you uh, sportsmen out there, make sure you maintain your boat. Otherwise, you – and I, and I spin the camera around. Otherwise, you really piss off your brother-in-law, and I, he's behind me just driving the boat and just staring back at me and just like, Brand new, you know, fast boat, and it's not even broken in yet, right? And I got to tow his ass a mile. But yeah, about four hours on this yeah. boat so far. Yeah. So this is probably the like second or the the one of the two times you took it out that year. Because yeah, yeah. you got a reputation for not getting that boat in the water. I'm a busy guy. I'm a busy guy. <laughs> so TK. Yes, sir. You're going to think I'm pulling your leg, but I'm not. You know what the, their favorite spot to walleye fish is? Where? A little deal on Mille Lacs called Bird Shit Island. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I know where that island is. 
<laughs> we trolled by it a couple times when we were musky fishing. Yes, mm-hmm. we did. Yep. Bird shit island. Yep. It's actually called Hennepin Island, but uh, <laughs> bird, bird shit is a lot more. Uh, it's very, very white island. It. Yeah. It yeah. describes it a lot better. Yeah. It does. It's very white. <laughs> so also I was going to mention, because Tom, I think you'll take an interest in this, having a technical background. Charlie is also um, a really well-known guy in our circle for being doing hydro dip, hydrographics. I am. I, I mm, did own okay. Twin Cities Hydrographics for, gosh, what was it, about 10 years, Trav? Mm, yeah. And uh, it, it just kind of grew out of nothing, really. I mean, I ordered a kit like everybody sees and did my own stuff. I actually brought uh, one of the first bows I ever did. Yeah, would you mind grabbing that, Trav? Um, and it kind of just spiraled into a business, and I did it on the side for many So many you years. dipped that bow? Oh, I'm sorry? You did dip that bow? Yeah, I dipped everything, so I shot. Should I put it next to Charlie? <laughs> let Tom it's, see it's it first. It's going to look huge next to me. Trav, let Tom see it first. So, yeah, I used to shoot competitively for a local archery shop. and Which one? Uh, Midwest. Archery, they're out of Monticello for oh, okay. about five, six years. Um, got to know those guys well, and hmm. I had... Looks great. Thank you. Thank you. It's probably 10 years old by now. A little faded, a little worn. I told I told Travis he could shoot it if he'd ever get into bow. I'm but, working uh, on it. They're just, they hurt me so bad because I don't know how to shoot it <laughs> well, properly. you got to get fitted, man. <laughs> yeah. You can go ahead and put that back. But uh, so yeah, I do. I did a lot of bows, a lot of firearms, a bunch of car parts. Uh, it was just kind of uh, a calling, I think, and uh, the artistic value I, I really liked. Um, and then it just got to a point where one man show. I couldn't do these big companies were trying to get me to do big runs, and I just couldn't keep up with it. And because uh, you I, did some fishing equipment too, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I actually do uh, make, I don't make the blanks, but any crank paints. We did, me and Trav did a bunch of musky lures together. Which are like f- 10 pounds each. Yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, throwing one of your kids. That little white dog of ours, that new little white dog. Yeah. She, she'd be a good musky bait. She would be. Yeah. <laughs> She's a fast little thing, man. She's real fast. She'd be in the water. It's <laughs> <laughs> a big fish. I mean,. <laughs> I love the little white dog, but I mean that size animal. Whatever. You can tell how much he loves the little white dog, and that he knows the dog's name, but he always calls it little white dog. <laughs> and sir, he just learned my name like ten minutes ago. That's true. So. You know, I guess that's never mind. It's not important. <laughs> not important. Yeah. So anyway, so um, I actually had Charlie eons ago when Emily. I think Emily and I were just engaged at the time. Yeah. But uh, I had him dip. A PVC. Oh, oh, where did go. you find those? <laughs> Danny. Danielle. Danny George. Uh, the magical power internet. I guess. Beautiful. Hi, Dustin. Hello. <laughs> yes. Dustin will be up here pretty soon. He's another new member of our staff. We had this problem where Emily would always leave her curling iron or straightener or flattener or whatever, whatever the hell they call them, all the different hair stuff, on the um, vanity. Yep. And I would never know if it was plugged in or not plugged in. And, right. you know, you could get burned. So I had Charlie dip a PVC basically three-way, you know, like Y yep. on it. Yep. So yep. she could put the prod, the things in there oh, yeah. and let them sit on the counter and cool. And so he dipped it in pink camo. It was pretty cool. She'd market that. Yeah. Save husbands from grabbing their wives' hot 
curling irons. Uh-huh. I think we've all been there. Right, exactly. Oh, it's just an organization uh, spot, yeah. too. That's Otherwise, they all just get shoved in a drawer. Someone listening is going to market that, and they're going to patent it, and you're going to go, you're, you're welcome. We should have done that. Okay, let's get Charlie out of here. <laughs> wow, that was quick. <laughs> uh, yep, we got to roll through the team. So, uh, Charlie, thanks for taking a few minutes to sit with you're us. You're welcome. This was fun, guys. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully you get, get back out of the booth and I can come do this again. Yeah. So, folks, make sure you tune in to our episodes because you will see Charlie in some footage with the fishing that we have coming up this uh, spring and summer. Yeah, I think me and Trav got some musky stuff planned. Oh, perfect. So Charlie, it is great. Can you catch walleyes on Mille Lacs now? Thank you. Thank you, 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 you can always catch them. You just can't keep them. I don't know. Who knows this year? <laughs> Who knows? It, it changes so often. So often. Uh, you know what? I think uh, maybe I'll announce this right now. Uh, Danny is uh, probably not going to like this as much because we're going to need a camera person. But uh, musky musky opener is a blast because all the musky guys go out at midnight, at midnight, and they fish and they fish throughout the night. And there's literally you're in- telling me I'm doing that. Oh yeah, it's gonna be so much fun. <laughs> I don't have to bring my boat, do I? When no, it- no, you don't. <laughs> okay, so when is this? Like, what month is it? Um, I believe it is because like fishing opener is Mother's Day, right? Yep, and I believe it is a month after that. Okay, so June sometime. Yeah, I believe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Quit touching the bottle. <laughs> he, you know, he can't help but t- fidget and touch stuff. <laughs> touching things. Touching things. So. All right, Chuck. Thanks, man. Thank you, guys. Welcome right. to the team, pal. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, glad to have you. All right. So, boys, while we wait for our next guest to come over and sit down, let's. Oh, uh, we're not going to do a commercial break. No, no commercial breaks. So just go roll. Roll. Let's do a little clink and drink, shall we? Yeah, I, I've run out. Uh-oh. Oh, remember what time we got to switch hands? We're not good at this. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> did, did, that just, did that get awkward for everybody? <laughs> All right, that was on. weird. Come on, Chuck. I need you back here. <laughs> He's over there playing on his phone. Now, <laughs> <laughs> now, back on the clock, young man. Back on the clock. So, Travis, the, the deer and jerky classic must have been – I know you said it was like a little like nerve wracking for you, but yep. it must have been also exciting to uh, to get to sit in, like immerse yourself in that world with so many different aspects of the industry. Yep. So it wasn't like we were just sitting and talking to deer deer hunters or turkey hunters or there were guides <laughs> there. There were people that do mounts. There were fur people selling furs. There's like, yeah. you know, all kinds of craziness that all is tied to the, the hunting industry. Uh, I actually had to ask a uh, semi-serious question, mostly not serious, but I had to ask it when you and I were wandering through. And we went by, like, it's, it's the moose booth where you go on moose hunts, and then there's the, the deer, and then I'm like, and then there's a bald eagle. I'm like, you can hunt bald eagle? It was hilarious. Shane's <laughs> like, no, you can't. I'm like, all right. <laughs> if you notice, Charlie walked right in front of the camera oh, yeah. when you guys were talking. We do, we do what we got to do, all right? That's fine. No when that guy walked through the, the not first that interview no we did yes. at the Classic? This guy was trying to get, yeah, he was trying to get around. Oh. And, he walked right through the set. And he was like, I'm just going to sneak through here. And at that point, I was like, okay. Like, I mean, I, he was already there. I was like, just go, man. Yeah. Photo bombing. We have our next guest, and he's actually had a feature episode on Boots and Backstrap. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Boots and Backstraps, Dustin Stambridge. <laughs> You're not back there to push the button. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. So Dustin nice. and I, uh, we're in an archery league. Mm-hmm. It has to be 15 years now, doesn't it? At least 15, 20? 20 years. 25, maybe? Oh, my gosh. It's, it's been quite some time, yes. He used to be up in Forest Lake. Uh, Since he was 60? That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ah, I'm tempted. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to be a better Christian, so. (laughs) So, Dustin, good to have you on the team, man. It's good to be back. Good to be back. Tell the folks what you do here with us. Uh, Well, as uh, the previous guest mentioned, I am a sponge right now. I'm still learning the ropes and stuff (laughs) like that. I am going to be the Mr. Internet Guru. Hopefully, uh, everything I find on the Internet is going to be truthful. (laughs) <laughs> oh, you, you can't put lies on the internet. That's, uh, that's, I, that's, that's um, true. I read I, that on the it's internet. It's got to be true. I saw it on the internet. Yeah. I want to be a, uh, a sarcastic uh, joke man in the back room as yeah. well, too. I want to push uh, Tom's buttons. <laughs> and um, the sound effects. Yeah, and the, and the sound effects. Um, there's a few sound effects I want to get. I want to get like a... Like the, the crickets that was from real, uh, uh, taping a couple weeks back. I want to get the, the, the crickets back. Yeah, the I crickets get, are nice. Uh, a yawning sound effect. There's a few <laughs> of them that I want to get just to, just to spice up That things. yawning one might get overused. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> no, no, come on. Say something no, interesting. Multiple times so. an episode. So, yeah, so for the folks that are listening and are not maybe as tech savvy, that what, what he's referring to is a thing called the button bar, and it's got some shortcut buttons that you can press on a tablet that will just initiate a sound effect. So Dustin's back there and paying close attention to the episodes so that when something funny or boring, as you just mentioned, happens, he can get a sounder in there and uh, add to the What does the uh, bike bell indicate? Bike bell? We're supposed to be, that we're supposed to take a sip. Yep. Oh, is that what that? Yeah. It's kind of like, it's kinda like how, they, uh, how they train rats. Like if they, they yeah, ring yeah. the bell, they all run for the food. Oh. Uh, they're just going to train us that every time we hear that noise. That's that why my I mom had a bike bell in the kitchen. For food, yeah. or, for food well, or whiskey? That's not necessarily a bike bell for whiskey. Okay. <laughs> it's a chime, kind of. It is a chime. Yep, for sure. Okay, guys. Right. So, so, uh, so how long? So you're a hunter. How long? Yes. When did you start? Like, uh, what at what age? Uh, Twelve or thirteen is the one and only year that I did shotgun. Everything else after that was archery. Okay. Um, I did take an absence from uh, archery hunting for. I believe it was right around like 16, 17 years. I just walked away from archery altogether. Right in the, right in the was middle? Was it that long? Yeah. Yep. 16 or 17 Six, yeah, years? Yeah, 16, 17 years, just walked away from archery. Oh, my um, gosh. The previous tape in that we did, Frank Walsh is the one that got me back into it, shooting leagues at uh, Wild River that, unfortunately, is no longer there right, up in right. North Ranch. So, I mean, ended up getting back into uh, whitetail hunting three years ago and was finally able to take my first one last fall. Oh, really? Finally, yep. The ripe age of 42, and I was able to finally harvest a whitetail. So. Well, you're an excellent, excellent archer. There's no doubt about it. One of the best. So when it comes to archery, as mm-hmm. an accomplished archer, competition archer, um, target archer, all that kind of thing, what kind of kinds of tips can you offer maybe some of our listening audience that are shooting archery now to improve their game, to all improve right. their um, skill? Well, I'll, I'll revert back to uh, the original one that I, I brought up at the previous recording. And take take this. Um we're not professionals, you know, I mean, we don't get paid to shoot, you know, competitions and stuff like that. So when you go out to the range, don't expect that pin just to sit right on, you know, the center of a spot or something like that. You're going to have some movement. Trust the float, you know, trust the process, yep. ideally. Um, once you get uh, back muscles and stuff going like that, then that's going to help out as well, too. But yeah, I mean, most important thing is trust the float. I mean, don't try to, you know, think you're going to pick up a bow and, you know, you, you will shoot center. You will shoot Travis X-rings. Travis is good at everything, though. I mean, he, he really is. It's awful. Naturally <laughs> athletic dude. I'm the chubbiest athletic dude you've seen in a while. <laughs> but. Uh, 
Um, other, so like other you're saying, when you when an amateur picks up a bow mm-hmm. and they hold it, they're, they have this mindset that they're going to be like what they see on TV. And as you mentioned, the pin, through their sight with, that they're aiming with, they put that on the target, they just expect psychologically it's going to just go on that spot and it's going to stay there. Yep. Yeah. And they Never pull the trigger and it doesn't yep. work like that, right? That's correct. So it's going to move in, around. In the, in the long run, it will. I mean, the, the movement or floating will reduce significantly. You know, once once you get muscles in but your back, you know, strengthen up and but stuff then like I that. I have to assume once your uh, w- once your bow is uh, is set for you, mm-hmm. like set for your draw, and and whatnot. Then yep, yep. It, having so having the bow properly set up and stuff like yep. that, um, consistent anchor point, and that's you know the t- the term of that is as you're pulling the string back, you're having you know potentially two points of contact. You know, one having a mechanical release. You know, touch the side of your jaw. The other point could be the string coming down touching the front of your nose you may even have like a third point you know depending on what type of release you use or something um but uh you know trust the float um have fun of course follow through yep follow through Um, archery archery is a sport to where you're gonna hate it for 45 seconds and then you're gonna love it for the next 15 seconds yeah i had i had two years where i hated it and i only shot once in those two years but i still had a mark on my arm to prove it so yeah uh, but I'm going to get back into it, though. It sounds fun. I got to shoot Shane's bow two years ago. Mm-hmm. Is that when you were uh, visiting the range, uh, wherever I was? And uh, I got to shoot, I think, twice with you. And uh, and Shane's draw was uh, the most similar uh, to my draw um, from what I shot prior. I had shot Charlie's, which... which so was, you didn't like my... I did not like My uh, 26-inch draw line? Yeah, so, <laughs> I, so I was about right here, and I was... In a, and right here, and so I like I, I, all I felt like I was doing this, but I ta- I shot twice with Charlie's and um, like like two shots, excuse me, uh, and uh, and both of them were pretty close to the middle. And Charlie's like, "Oh shit, you okay? You got this." I go, "Yeah." But I go, "Why is it like this?" He goes, "Oh, it's not even close to your size." I'm like, "Okay." Then I shot another guy's, and uh, that's where I ripped up my arm because it was too long, mm-hmm. and uh, and, right. then, and his poundage was too heavy for me to start with. So that's where I was locking out that elbow and just destroying my arm with that string. Did you see the bloopers video where I pull Tom's bow back and because he's got a shorter draw than I have, the arrow just pulls right through the bow and falls to the ground? I did not see that. <laughs> Danny's got it somewhere in the blooper reel back there, but she wanted me to, to pull the bow back so she'd have some footage when we were doing our intro video. Mm-hmm. And so Tom's like, here, just pull my bow back. And I wasn't even thinking about the fact that we have an inch and a half difference between our two draw lengths. Cause I think you're 28, right? And I'm 29 and a half, so I'm pulling that string back, and that arrow just right. came right through the sight and fell to the ground. So the inch and a half, you know, that's that's quite a I bit. I know further about back. an inch and a half. <laughs> <laughs> inch and a half, I got it. Yeah, boys. <laughs> oh, perfect. So, Dustin, um, you said about three years have been back. Yeah, okay. yeah, about three uh, three years for hunting, back uh, shooting competition, about five or six. Okay. And right. I, the today's youth. Has, has such an advantage over what I was able to shoot when I was their age. You're you talking know. technology and the equipment, right? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, if you're looking for speed and stuff like that, the speed has, has kind of plateaued out. Um, the innovation has kind of plateaued out. But, I mean, just the the companies adapting to the smaller youth draw length is right. unbelievable to where it's, you know, you got some of these youth shooters, you know, shooting for Hoyt or shooting for Matthews that, 
I wish I would have had a bow like that or what they're shooting when I was 12, 13 years old. It's no, amazing. I, who, it is. I don't remember who we were interviewing, but uh, but uh, that's something that they had said was, every, you know, every year uh, that new bow came out and that was their new favorite bow. And then that was their new favorite bow because the innovations that they made over the years were so profound, you know, like it was you know, way less, way less work to pull it back. Mm -hmm. It became much, much easier. I think that yeah, there, there it is. <laughs> can you show that again, Danny? Just so, we, just so we can all see it. I said, oh, shit. Yeah, I was going to say, that looked like an oh, shit moment right I, there. I did say, oh, shit. I think she left it in there, too. I wasn't even thinking about it. I was like, yeah, I'll just pull it back. Okay, you know, the draw length is different. So, so I think that was Luke Agri, who you guys both obviously know Luke. Yeah. yeah. Good dude. Full draw. He's the one I think was mentioned that. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because he's, you know, being there at full draw, managing the joint. He sees all the new bows as they come in, the new technology. Yeah. Uh, no, actually, I think it was... Um, um, Oh goodness, turkey uh, guy. Uh, pa uh, no, uh, Pat. Oh, oh Pat. I, I, think Pat was, I think it was Pat that said it in the interview. Talking about his kids and the youth bows. I could no. I think it was when uh, when he was when he was first coming up. He said he, he was the bows. You know, changed every year and every single year. Mm -hmm. He liked them better, liked them better. And and, and you're saying that now the technology's kind of plateauing out. Yeah, it's it's stalling a little bit. I mean, the the big thing now is is going to be draw cycle. You know, how easy does it feel to draw the bow back? Of course. Um, the let off, there's, if I'm not mistaken, a PSC bow has 90% let off. Wow. But I guess what the little asterisk with that is you got to check out the hunting rules and regulations. There's going right. to be some states out there to where you can only do a max of 80% let off. Um, for instance, I'm heading out to uh, uh, Montana here, first part of me to go bear hunting. One of their hunting rules for bow is no more than 80% let off. Wow. So. Uh, what is let off? Um, once you hit, uh, I guess like the high point of the bow and the cam finally comes over and you have that reduced amount of poundage that you're holding, mm -hmm. that's considered the let off point. So if your bow at the highest point is 70% pounds and you have 80% let off, you might be holding what is about 16, 15, 16, 17 pounds. But there's other pros out there. For instance, Levi Morgan, who is a Matthew shooter that only shoots 70% let off because he wants like a specific holding weight. Right. Um, there could be other archers or target archers, you know, Jesse Broadwater, Chris Perkins, uh, Paige Pierce, Tate Morgan. They may want more of like a heavier holding weight. So even though if they have a 70%, you know, let off bow, they're going to configure the strings and cables to make it, you know, 66% let off or something like that. So it's, that bow that you were just holding, say it's set at 65 pounds, you're pulling 65, pulling 65, pulling 65, and all of a sudden, whoop, yes. Yep. Now you're only holding like 15, 20 pounds. That's the let off. Mm -hmm. gotcha. They call it the back wall. Yep. Yep. Well, the back wall is all the way back and keeping it there. Yep. That holding spot. All right, Dustin. All right, Dustin. Welcome Thank to you, the sir. crew. Well, thanks for having me here. Like, as mentioned, this was one of those dreams, kind of growing up as a kid, was trying to be in the whole, you know, radio media really? thing and stuff like that. So, yeah, and this is, this is definitely the most current rendition of uh, the media and stuff like that prost my friend yeah, you are good even, at it even though it's bourbon but yeah. <laughs> thanks for bringing the chili last week too man i was bragging about it that whole the last time we filmed mm -hmm. a couple weeks back i was yeah. bragging about to everybody i was like this chili was so good i was bragging about it for the next two days but only when i was by myself in the yeah. bathroom it's like why is he crying in the bathroom yeah. <laughs> baby wet naps were used is that, is that what you're saying <laughs> the chili was so awesome <laughs> uh, it had right. that good spice yes Yes, All right, Dustin, you're out of here, buddy. Let's I am out of here. Thanks again, fellas. Glad to be part of the team. And get, let's, uh, let's get back in all the sound effects. <laughs> yes, excellent. <laughs> oh. 
So Levi Morgan, you mentioned Levi Morgan when he was sitting. Uh, I mean, what an impressive archer that guy oh, is. He's, and what a great guy he is. Yeah, very nice you know, dude. World champion, I don't know, 12, 13, 14 times, maybe even more. So the average arrow that you buy, if you're a serious hunter or target archer, is going to be 15 to $20 an arrow. I mean, that's expensive, but that's about what they're paying. Levi pays like 100 an arrow for his. Levi doesn't pay anything for his. Well, that's what they're worth. Value, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's a guy that can hit a target that is about the size of a dime at 100 yards. And the average archer couldn't hit that from 20 yards. So that's just like he probably – I mean, how many arrows do you think he shoots a day, TK? Um, I interviewed him once, and I think he said he does three sessions, of day, three sessions a day at least 100 uh, – 100 arrows a session. 300 shots a day. It's yeah, amazing. He's, uh, pretty amazing. And that in itself, I mean, you get to a point where you're so good, but that in itself, what a discipline that is. That's something I don't think I could do. Right. Well, anybody that is an elite in their sport, yeah. I mean, I mean you have the, to. the amount of time that goes into it is is absolutely phenomenal. Hi, Joel. Uh, it, like, like they, put, they put in so much time, and on, and on top of that, the natural ability that they start with before you know before all that time is put in there is i guess the same question would apply to tiger woods how many swings swings yeah. do you take a day right hundreds for sure i'm pretty excited about our next guest <laughs> i bet you She's are very colorful <laughs> <laughs> oh boy here we go we're gonna give her a second to uh, get her drink poured and then we'll start talking to her oh she's going stiff she's boys also a Jew. She's going stiff. I am, 0.03%, and I own it. <laughs> that counts. I own it. I'm keeping the whiskey down here by me. Okay. Fair enough. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this next guest or our next person to sit in, next crew member, team member, is not new to the show. She's been with us literally since day one, mm -hmm. and uh, this is her first time on camera with us. Studio manager, Jill. Jill, how are you? Jill the I'm stripper. Good. I'm good. Noah. Noah. <laughs> Get off. I said that when someone else was saying something, so they didn't hear me. That's good. That's good. Jill's a you have a microphone. Everybody heard you. Jill a stripper. Oh, <laughs> Thanks for repeating it. Not a stripper, just full disclosure. No, not, not, not a, stripper. a stripper. Not a stripper. Never yeah. has been, for the record. Never has been, never will be. Kind. Just well, a, least, a professional no. dancer at one point, but not naked. Yes. Go-go style with clothes on. Not totally naked. <laughs> That's for her private shows only. Get in line. All right? Okay. You got to put a ring on it to get that dance. Danny's next. So. Woo-woo. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Jill, it's great to have you on camera because you have been an integral part of our uh, podcast. We've been doing this for over a year now, right? Well over a year. And I don't know how many episodes we've got out there, but... Uh, it was September of 2020 that this thing started, and we started filming at the end of January 2021. Wow. So it's been a year and a half since we started the project. What I have to say about Jill is that what I really noticed about her... She does a lot, and she doesn't ask. She just gets in there, and she gets it done. Yep. And no one needs to tell her what to do. And if you do ask her to do something, man, she's all over it. She's a real team player, and I, that's very much appreciated. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's, it's a fun, fun team to uh, be a part of, for sure. So tell people what you long, do. Yeah, how long have you been bow hunting? How long have I been bow hunting? Yes. I've shot a bow once, but I'm trying to get all over that. So a couple years. I definitely right. want a bow. She's got that voice, too. She that does. smoky. It, yeah, it's raspy. A, it's a little deeper today. Pole. <laughs> Were you up late last night? Pole swinging voice. No, it's up early. Pole oh. swinging voice. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> 
So, Jill, what do you uh, tell – because people are obviously wanting to know, okay, this is Jill. She's our studio manager. What does that mean? What do you do for the show? Um, kind of like everybody. I mean, everybody kind of does a lot of different things. Um, initially, I connect with the guests, um, whether country, hunting or country music. I get media from them. I get the media into a, a share drive with Danny. So all the stuff that you see pop up on TV um, or on – if you guys are watching on YouTube, all those fun photos and stuff. Um, I get that from the guests and she throws them up and then, um, you know, obviously getting them the address and making that connection. And then all the social media and marketing is also what I take care of. So things you guys are seeing posted, I take care of all that. You Instagram, all the things. You do so a lot. Nice. I painted this table actually as well. Just had to point that out. Kitty up. <laughs> she did. Yeah, Handy she, woman over here. She literally does everything. She's like she's probably got more tasks and a variety of tasks than anybody else that works with the show. It's fun. <laughs> um, we just had a picture of you up on the screen uh, shooting a clay pigeon. Mm -hmm. Yep, and that's, that's your hubby yep. tossing them out for you. Yep, he was uh, chucking them up. We're up in a uh, Nashwalk at the cabin, got oh, a hundred yeah. acres up there, and uh, so you do that often? No. What kind nope. of? Uh, do you remember what type of shotgun that was? I have no idea. A black one. He. Uh, I saw it. He yeah, has sure just a, a couple gauge. up there at the cabin. So, okay. well, that's fun. Do you, do you enjoy that? I do. Oh, good. It's a lot of fun. Did you actually hit the pigeon? Fun. We did. Great. We, both of us did. It was it was a blast. I'm I got a, do it again. I got a picture here of uh, Jill's Jill's biggest catch. You know, right here. Oh, that's my right that's my man. When was that one from? Uh, that was just within the last few months. We went to a, um, what are they called? Bed they're breakfast. like the hidden. They're like the hidden. Speakeasy. Speakeasy. Thank you. It was an Anoka, the hardware store. Okay. Great place. Good drinks. They had like the smoke bubble for it to make your drink smoky. Oh, really? For oh, the yeah. old fashions. Yep. She yep. got me one yep. of those for my birthday. I haven't had a chance oh, to use you? it yet. But. Oh, they're great. Yeah, super cool. Speaking of brick and bourbon. Yeah. They do that. Mm -hmm. The first time I was exposed to that, I'm like, this is the best drink I've ever had in my life. Yeah, it's delicious. That's cool. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, Jill, you keep your, I know one of the things that keeps you the most busy with our show, in addition to the 50 tasks that you do perform, is the social media mm -hmm. and making sure that you're providing a lot of content throughout the week and a variety of content with the different guests, with the team members, all that stuff. Yep. Talk a little bit about that. Um, it's definitely a process with all the different social media platforms that we're on, you know, between Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, all having. Uh, different requirements for their posts and how long their videos can be and I know I know both me and Danny know the uh, challenge with that but uh, it's just one social media post to the next on the, each platform and you just make it work but it's fun I like it you know where I'll go digging around the internet and find something fun and interesting for people to see so it really adds to the show immensely yeah yeah you can tell it gives us a little bit of an air of professionalism mm -hmm. yep yeah absolutely <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's almost gone. I, you I'm, know, you know I'm me and my, you. you know me and microphones. So I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Let's keep this near and dear. So Jill, um, <laughs> she's comfortable with a microphone and a bottle and a glass. Yeah, she's perfect for radio. That I can do. Yeah. So um, one of the things that I I enjoy about having you with us is the fact that you are so versatile. So when we do remote broadcasts or we do like the show last weekend where it's the deer and turkey classic or whatever you're just kind of diving in and helping with whatever needs to get done mm -hmm. and that's really super helpful to us so people need to understand that 
when they're seeing the episodes, they just see the three of us sitting here at the table having a conversation. They have to realize that, that what we do is pretty small potatoes in this chat compared to what you guys are doing behind the scenes to make this thing come together. Mm-hmm. It's fun. I, I truly enjoy it, and I've learned so much about hunting and country music as well. Maybe you, know? you, maybe you could teach me so. a thing or two about hunting then. Sure. I'm still struggling on this. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. So Jill used to work with us in our Rowdy Cowboy show capacity. Yep. She used to work with that business running a department of that. She was a dancer. And that's how <laughs> I was a shot girl. Oh, a shot well, girl. Tom, do you well, need well, a man the shot girls? Well, to say all, the, all the things that are true and all the things that are offensive, and maybe we'll just not combine those. I don't. I, I don't know. <laughs> well, wait a minute. <laughs> Shane could have. Shane could have came at this with like Jill she used was a to. Great she used to be uh, on the Weather Channel, she and here's Tom. Dancer. Like she's a stripper. <laughs> Danny, do you have any photos of uh, her? Of Jill uh, stripping. No, the buckle bunny stuff. Let's do it. Just throw it up there. In my personal collection, yes. Oh, okay. I so thought we can find some throw of that. those on the screen. There's once some before. like old. Uh, when I was younger, when I started with the cage dancing, I did that for a rock band. I know that's on my Facebook somewhere. There's a bunch of Jack Daniel stuff that we did for cage the buckle bunnies. Dancing. That was fun. And that's that's where mm-hmm. that's where Shane found you, right? That that was a night. <laughs> So well, the night we came and visited you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to talk about that. I got you guys hammered. So. What do you I, mean? The, <laughs> what do you the mean? first uh, is the first bar I ever bartended at, first and foremost, and and I had a good chunk of my beginning, like it was partially a DJ career as well, and my go-go dancing days, and um, so I worked at this bar in Moundsview. Terrible, we won't get the, into that. But um, Shane and Travis and was it was it Kyle that came with, no, or was it, it was William? Just, I think it was just was it you William? and I. Other people showed up, but it, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and uh, so we had, Shane and I had, you know, chatted briefly over social media, and I was like, well, well I'm going to grab a bottle of Jack and throw it uh, in my ice bin behind the bar, and then these guys showed up, and it just, their glasses never got empty, and one did, thing led to another, I and I went from rock day. to country, so it was a I quick transition. I remember Jeez. that day. I didn't eat all day before I went there, and... And then right away, I mean, the second we saw you, you're like, Jack? We're like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she, it, she knew what she was doing. Oh, my gosh. It mm-hmm. did she not. Had to rope it, us in. I had, yeah, I, I got picked up by she Shane. She took one to look there. at you guys. And, okay. and had to get picked up before Shane was ready to leave, I think, at that point. I think you know, uh, she, so this is how she opened the conversation with me. She sends me a message over Facebook, inst, Instant Messenger or whatever, whatever, Messenger. I don't remember what it was called originally. I shipped the message to you. She did. She shipped it to me. <laughs> And what she said is, she's like, hey, do you need some sexy cowgirl shotties? And, of course, at this time, even sexy then, I was like, shotties. in my 30s, I was like, okay, I think that's cool, but I don't know what it means. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, messenger back. I was like, yeah, you know, let's get on the phone and talk about it or whatever. Because as soon as she sent the message, I went to her page and just kind of took a look. Okay, she does some modeling, and she obviously does some, like, dancing with bands and stuff. Okay, let's, let's talk about what exactly she's thinking. So really, like the birth of the, the like the rowdy, not rowdy, the buckle bunny, like mm-hmm. her promo team concept, because they did more than sell shots. Like they kind of got part the party going and got people excited, handed out apparel, things Line like danced. that. Line danced. Line mm-hmm. danced. Um, that was really sort of like something that came from her to begin with, and then looky, she and I looky put it here, looky here, looky oh, here. I was blonde then too. Come on, come on, come on. So that's that's out west, wasn't that one? Out? Oh, here we go. Here's that's our first actual photo shoot for the buckle bunnies. Mm-hmm. All oh, right. that! Hey, we were there together. Yes, you that, and I, Travis. Uh, that was our rock jam. 
Yeah, I think you can see me in the background. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. <laughs> so Ashley and Amber and, and me Jill. And Kenny. Uh huh. That was fun. That was a huge like runway Where that was we got that? to dance on. Oh yeah. That was no yeah that was Rock Jam out in uh, out in Colorado. Oh. And uh, and they actually the, our very first night we got to open up for uh, Low Cash which is uh, which was Low Cash Cowboys. Right. Yep. And. Uh, and so we had to hang out backstage before the whole show started, and we're talking to them and listening to their sound check. And, uh, and the girls walk up all gussied up like that. And, uh, oh, my gosh, right away, Kenny and I, who were doing the conversation with them, uh, shifted right away from us and only onto the girls. And we're just like, okay, yeah, they, they, we'll go stand by the girls. They're with us. They're with us. You know? <laughs> we brought them. Yes. Yes, and then uh, and then what was really fun is uh, like fun for us to watch, and I'm sure you guys had a blast. Was mm-hmm. they invited uh, uh, the girls to go up on stage and and like dance while they're performing? Right, like, why on, not on the main stage on the big runway and stuff like that? They they had a lot of fans. They had a lot of fans. So by the time we got into the actual concert bowl the next day, everybody already knew who they were. It was very cool. So wait, I so I know fun. this only partially has to do with you, Jill, but I feel like we have to have this brought up in the conversation <laughs> since we're talking about that trip specifically. You're making me nervous. Yeah, Wasn't me there something about somebody sleeping and getting pee on their face or something <laughs> oh, like that? No, okay, okay. No, they were they were wide awake. No, it was <laughs> they were wide awake. Two different stories. Two different stories. All okay, right, so do it was a tell. sleeping uh, attempt to sleep story and then there was a a getting peed on the face story. We'll yes. start with we'll start we'll start with the sleeping story. Okay, so it was me and two other girls, and then Travis on our way to Colorado. We drove right. Yeah. And um, it was a long, long drive. I heard you you drove like 100 miles an hour or something. The I entire did. way, yeah. We did. went through nine tanks of gas, which I didn't know was possible. Yeah. During the t- on the way home, we went through half because she went the speed limit. I wanted to get there. <laughs> I, get- I was so on you, a mission. You burned twice as much when you're putting her on the floor. Uh huh. Uh-huh. But we got there quick. So anyways, um, it was it was a long drive. And after, you know, eight of the mocha monsters, I'm like, man, I'm I'm tired. I we've we've got to stop. You know, everyone's sleeping. Amber is like blind, so yeah. she can't drive at night. I didn't know she was blind until the way home. Yeah, it was a thing. She tried to drive at night. That's, I guess, another good story. But um, so we stopped at this motel or hotel, whatever it may be. And so I. I was taking one for the team, and I'm like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm the buckle bunny. You know, I'm the girl. I'll crash in bed with Travis. Not a big deal. And then the other two girls yes. can take the other queen, right? So I crawl in. We're like 12 seconds, 13 seconds into good. just, like, starting to crash. And he's humping your leg. No, and he <laughs> corrupt us, me. I did, that, that was not a crop dusting. That was it just was, a full ripper. It was a I've been in the car for almost eight Dutch hours. oven. I've been in the car for eight hours with these girls and didn't fart the whole time. I could have died. I couldn't I do it. Died. He's on we, his best behavior. Yeah, we, we got in there, and I'm like, girls, I am really sorry. And just, and she goes, at last, she, she sits there for about two seconds. She goes, I'm sleeping with the girls. They, go, they, go, they went three wide in that bed. And I, I was by myself. Yeah. I was just like immediately. I don't think he was done farting. And I was out of that bed so quick. So quick. And Did then, you get pushed out? And then, <laughs> by, the, by the gust? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So then the getting peed on story. Yeah. So he says he's on his best behavior until then, which is such a lie. <laughs> So we're driving, right? And and it's late again and he's like it's he in goes, a construction I really have zone. to pee. It's in a I really constru- have to pee. There's nowhere. There's no there's no cur- there's no way to pull off either way. I'm going 90 and I'm not going to stop. And so he's like, "Oh, well, I'm going to pee out the window." And so oh, <laughs> Amber no. is sitting right behind him and she had her window down. 
And so he's peeing out the window, and it's going in her window. And so she got pee all over her face, this poor girl. She didn't think to close her window? Well, it yeah. happened quickly. Yeah. It happened pretty quickly. Yeah. Whipped it out and went. Yeah. So. Well, if he'd, have been, if he'd have been a bigger man, it maybe would have hung out there a little while. <laughs> it, was, it was still going in the back window. It was coming right from, out, from underneath his belly. you got to remember, they're, they're doing 100. So he yeah. could have been hanging out there two feet. It still would have gotten that yeah, window. Yeah, it just turned into a mist right away. So. <laughs> the car behind us, their windshield got clean. Okay. <laughs> You're done. Uh, so that's Colorado. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a good time. That's cool that you shared that story, though. Thank you. Yep. And if it hasn't uh, been said already enough at this table, thank you for all that you do for the show absolutely we appreciate of it course. and Enjoy thank us. you for being such a good sport and taking the teasing that i give you and you folks should know that she gives it right back to me i do yeah and I'm i do you're wonderful to have on board thank you take yep. your whiskey get the hell out of here what whiskey <laughs> <laughs> we got one more to get in the chair and then we'll we'll be ending this episode well, we got two more well danny's had a full episode to herself but we're gonna oh, get yeah we're gonna get uh we're going to get Lynn into the spot. Lynn Kitty. And then our next guests are here, so that's exciting. One of them is a little familiar over there. Yeah. Got roped in. This is his, his neck of the woods, though, so it makes I sense. I gotcha. All right. So a lot of fun and adventure so far with the different folks that we've had in here. Yeah. But the, our next guest is someone that's probably gotten the least amount of recognition but deserves as much as anyone. I agree. Not only for this show, but for tolerating you. Absolutely. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, our location manager, Tom's wife, one of our favorite people on the planet, Miss Lynn Kitty. Yay! Uh, Lynn, you're going to probably have to just drink right out of the bottle like usual. <laughs> <laughs> That's not wine. <laughs> yeah, she likes bourbon, too. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Are you having some? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Lynn, you're hi. 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 Tell everybody what you do with and for us. Okay, so I am the location manager. Right. <laughs> so I just uh, make sure we have lots of food to eat and that there's um, pop and water and beverages for the guests and for the crew and make sure Tom doesn't spend too much time doing his hair to get out here. <laughs> Exactly. It's got to get all gussied up in the morning. How does it look? You look great. All right. Yeah. So I just um, take care of things on location. So it does a lot. If there's anything that needs to be done, Lenny will do it. For those of you that aren't aware, we've been married. We just celebrated our 30th wedding anniversary. Yep. Which is impressive. Congratulations to yeah. you guys. Yeah. And that means we've been together 30 and 32 and a half years. Something like that. And, she and was we a met at the Rowdy Cowboy Show at the Hogs Breath, which Hogs is a great Breath. a great story. If you want to share great that story, long time ago. It's kind of a long story, but I was uh, in the DJ booth, and this girl was out on the dance floor, and she looked to me, in my eyes, she was dancing like a foot above everybody else. She had a beautiful pink or blue, uh, fluffy sweater on, and I'm like, oh my god! In the light, she looked like an angel, literally. She looked like an angel. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to meet that girl. And lo and behold, here she was at the, at the booth requesting "Fishing in the Dark," you know, probably the number one all-time requested song. And I said, I'll play that song for you if I can have your phone number. And what did I do? You tell them. 
<laughs> I looked behind me because I thought he was talking to someone else. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he was talking to me. So I didn't give it to him. He Good did for not you. Give him my, she my played hard to get. And he's not used to that. But I was flattered, yeah. So he played my song, and, yeah, he just kept coming up to talk to me every time I went to his show, and finally I gave him my work phone number. <laughs> <laughs> she, she kept me at arm's length. Put you through the screening process. You're calling thinking you're, you got her direct number and you get the front desk or something. Oh, uh, is Lynn there? Uh, who's calling? <laughs> that is classic. Um, so we... Uh, and then he invited me to the Wii Fest and I said no. So I just, I wasn't trying to play hard to get. I just, uh, just didn't know me. him well, so I wasn't going to just step into the arena yet so she didn't realize what an actual jackass i was <laughs> until she was about 20 years into the marriage i'll say she <laughs> she can't be too bothered by it because she's still here yeah uh, we have a wonderful relationship i also invited her to, uh, to you know our room my roommate was randy levy at the time he would bring the eagles or the stones to the twin cities we had the rolling stones in minneapolis and Keith Richards and Mick Jagger were going to be staying at our house that night because we have a huge house on Lake of the Isles and they hate hotels, you know. And so they were going to, so I was invited her to that. She got to meet Mick Jagger and Keith Richards, and she said no to that too. Wow, <laughs> good for you though, Lynn. Yeah, really, really made you earn it. Yeah, I'm a small town girl. Small town girl and uh, not impressed by fame. Nope. No, That's and uh, one of the greatest women uh, you'll ever meet. She's now, well, for 20 years, she was the stage producer at the WeFest. Right. So which she's was got a big, big job. And so a she's huge got some responsibility. I'll say she's got some real depth, in depth experience at babysitting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, babysitting adults. adults. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but now she babysits, uh, well, now, right now, she's currently babysitting us three. Other, yeah, uh, other adults at school. Right but here. she's a school teacher now. And yep. um, she taught fifth grade for many years. And she won. Uh, teacher of the year in her district and two or three governor's awards she's an amazing teacher she's an amazing woman she Thank is you, honey she puts together a really impressive food spread i'll have you know yeah i mean just having been on a few of these projects and usually people are selling out and they're picking up something at costco on the way in or or they order jimmy john's minis or something and so to, to get to come in here and have you put as much thought and love into what you put on that table over there is so I'm telling you, I look forward to it every week. This Good. morning, we're sitting in the kitchen. It's the wife and I and our herd, and they're all down there eating different stuff. And Emily's looking at me like, hey, can I make you this or that? And I was like, nope, nope. Lynn's going to have food. I'm waiting until I get up there. So she <laughs> I, I actually have food in my car right now that I grabbed. I'm like, because I'm, I'm running late. I was grabbing it, and I'm like, wait a minute. I'm just going to save this just in case Yeah, because it's always good. good. And, and then Thank you got to have the maple venison sausage mm -hmm. today. I don't, even, I don't even know what to say about that. It was fan, it was fantastic. I and I heard you talking about it, but uh, it did it didn't do it justice even with all the uh, all the compliments you gave it. So it's almost oh, like I want to eat like a a big bowl of it, but then you feel like you probably just be sick of it, right? It's like you yeah, just eat you a little would. and you wait would. for the next film yes, session. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Which is hard, Lynn, because we only get to you know come up here and film every other week or so. I know. And now we're gonna be off for a month. So yeah, exactly. We. Got to take some time off, too. So. How did you get into, look at this. That's service know, right there. Did you gentlemen get a uh, beverage? All right. Good man. 
Good man. Our next guests are here and uh, patiently waiting. Mm -hmm. And uh, oh yeah, baby. We'll, we'll all be pie-eyed by the time they get on. <laughs> <laughs> that's when. That's when the real questions start. Lynn, how did you get into to production and that whole thing? At the Weed Fest. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I was just going up with Tom and. She was helping me I on was stage. Always helping him, and I think they just saw that they saw that I was efficient, and so um, their producer that year had a, like a family emergency and couldn't make it, and so they just said, "Do you think you could do this?" And I said, "Give me a shot," and so they did, and it went well, and they ha kept asking me to come back. So, oh, fantastic! Yeah, in twenty so, years. So I was singing the national anthem. Yeah. And then I retired from that to do the stage producer. So. Okay. And that's Fantastic. a great story that we'll, we, I think so, we've already showed that. Yeah. We had that on We shared show, that yeah. on another podcast. But if you can imagine all these hardened road managers coming to the WeFest, Fest, you know, show after show after show, professionals, you know, people that are. Most of them with silver <laughs> ponytails that are three feet long. And, <laughs> and just. So true. So when they got to work with Lynn, they were like, oh, my gosh, this is the kindest stage producer I've ever met, you know, and she was so helpful to them. And they all commented on every one of them. They loved her. They yeah. absolutely loved her. And we so love her. As, yeah. as efficient as she is, can you get a camera on her, Danny? Yeah, she's Isn't got one. Isn't she cute? <laughs> huh? <laughs> she's a good-looking girl. Huh? I, I can't say anything. I'm a married man. <laughs> well, your wife's pretty attractive. Yes. And I'm married. I think she's gorgeous. We're both doing pretty well for each other, I would say. Uh, I'll kick in our coverage. Oh, You've no all heard it before. It. No doubt about it. All right, guys. Love you. I love you. Do love you, you all. Do you see that she just pushed us like, hey, guys, this is what we're <laughs> supposed to be doing. Move on. Let's move yep. on. <clears throat> all right. So you, you stay there. We'll just okay. wrap it up with you in the hot seat Sounds over there. Sounds good. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. Thanks for tuning in this week, everybody, to another episode <laughs> of Boots and Backstraps. Don't forget to send your questions, comments, and snide remarks to Boots and Backstraps Podcast at gmail.com. Tomcat. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in, everybody. And. Whether you're out there uh, belting out your favorite country song or out there pursuing your favorite game animal, I encourage you to use that same passion to pursue the Lord. He'll teach you to shoot straight. Thanks for watching. Come on now. Honey's on looking for backstraps way deep in the woods. Tracking in a swamp to a hay field under the harvest moon. When the tags are filled, it's time to switch up our boots. Head down to the honky tonk, get us a swing dance or two. We're talking about boots and backstraps.